The mind can be deluded by perceptions, or it can be enlightened by the truth. Whose choice is it? Whose choice? Who controls the mind? These were the questions that Brahma, the creator, asked Shiva. And Shiva had to really think deeply in how to answer these questions. For Brahma created the world, but he created the world just as it is. He did not necessarily create suffering. Neither did he actually create joy or enjoyment. He just created the world and the rest is what the mind perceives. So Shiva had to really think hard about how to control the mind. How to bear with the suffering and with the joy. These dualities of the world. How to not be engaged in the world, yet at the same time live in the world. He finally found the way through yoga. Yoga means to yoke the mind. To reconnect the mind to something else. In this episode of Being Bali, we will discover further the actual meaning of yoga and what it actually implies in today's world and in the Bali of today. yoga. Yoga is no longer just an ancient tradition of connecting oneself with God. It has become an industry of its own right. And in Bali, the yoga industry is huge. Yes, to some extent, yoga is very much existent in the Balinese lifestyle. Yoga does link itself up with Hinduism. Yes, it is an Eastern Vedic practice of reconnecting with the divine it is about aligning oneself up it is about um, bodily postures as well as breathing exercises it does relax you and it, it does help you control the mind however it's it's so much more than that the Balinese see yoga as a lifestyle they don't see it as a physical exercise um, that that's quite confusing because when when a westerner or an outsider would see yoga they would think of it as an exercise they would go to a yoga class they would do a yoga posture however that's 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 not what it actually means um in this episode we'll have shivananda who is a vedic astrologer as well as an ayurvedic doctor at the yoga bar a premier yoga studio in ubud in the center of bali and he will enlighten us further about the the steps of yoga and what does yoga actually mean. He will refer a lot to the Yoga Sutras. The Yoga Sutras are a mere 196 different aphorisms in Sanskrit written by a great yogi or sage named Patanjali. And there he really clearly defines yoga as a way of aligning the mind, a way of controlling it and then steadying the mind. And 
There he elaborates the eight steps of yoga. So according to the Yoga Sutra, so potentially the first step would be yama. What is a yama and what is that? Well, these first two steps, yamas and niyamas, they go together. They are about external and internal guidelines for helping one establish harmony and a healthy situation before we step into yoga. So maybe some people will even push this aside because it's made sound like commandments but if you think about natural behaviors respect for others respect for oneself these principles can help one align to actually what most people find as their own values and internal qualities perfect so the first one is yama and the second one is niyama and these would be more like ethics and and behaviors that you can adopt and leave behind the, the third one is asana, which we all know as bodily postures, which we'll get back into later. And the fourth one would be pranayama, or breathing exercises. Is that correct? Yeah, so after this establishment of a type of conduct, and one can actually start to work with the body and the energy, the asana and the pranayama can actually increase one's capacity right so that's what most people get from even modern yoga classes they feel great they increase their capacity and the danger there is as we might have seen in you know some scandals in the yoga situation where people actually do develop a type of strength and powers but without the foundation of yama niyama there are people who maybe can be seen to fall down from grace or maybe they haven't had a solid foundation to continue their yogic journey Perfect. So, asana and pratyahara is sorry. Asana and pranayama are both extremely important in yoga practice. But without the foundational ethics of it, it, it can really lead into just a practice for developing intuition or powers, and it can go off on a on an ego play instead of something that's beneficial for everyone else. Correct. Even in. Um, you know, thousands of years ago, there were yogis that were famous for having different powers, and uh, part of yoga sutras will have description of certain psychic abilities or you know, powers that can be developed. And it's actually a warning given there, where one can get hooked, and these steps, any step, can easily become a stop. So there's yama, niyama, asana, and pranayama. The next step is Pratyahara. How would you define what Pratyahara is? So in a nutshell, in fact, the nutshell can be seen as a form of Pratyahara symbol or the turtle. It's a sense withdrawal and pulling inwards and getting a deeper and deeper connection to oneself. And after Pratyahara, there's Dharna. How would you define what Dharna is? So a type of stillness and a focus of the mind is starting to be developed. One can really start to concentrate. One can have a fixed meditation. One is not lo- no longer wavering back and forth with the mind. And the last two steps would be dhyana and samadhi. How would you define them and how, how are they like? Well, I'm actually not going to define samadhi. There are different definitions and different levels of these states, but I like to keep that one open. But if we go back to this idea of sense withdrawal, right? The prachahara, and then being able to hold a type of focus for an extended period. So imagine you're holding a meditation focus on a point. That's this dharana. 
eventually this is seen to expand into a greater field. That's the more open state of meditation, dhyana. And eventually this final you know, step of yoga is this samadhi. But let's leave that one open. Leaving samadhi open, leaving the final goal of yoga open, just proves to you how flexible yoga is. It is definitely a philosophy that that really allows you to to fulfill any sort of spiritual desire that you're after. It allows you to really go to a mature stage of pure connection with God, and then redefining. For yourself what connection actually means in other words it's a basically a really 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 good cable it's like a fiber optic cable right what goes within the fiber optic cable that depends on you <laughs> but the cable has been established it can carry a really 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 high speed of information yoga is that and the process of yoga and of establishing what yoga is is that these eight steps clearly allow you to reconnect yourself with the divine, to yoke yourself to the source. What you make out of it is is completely up to you, and that is the beauty of yoga. That is the beauty of spirituality. That and yoga, in its very essence, is what Hinduism, is what Eastern spirituality is about. It doesn't seek to tell you what you need to do. It doesn't seek to tell you what the goal is. In fact, that is open for personal thought and interpretation. The journey is what matters, and the the way of doing it or the structure is what matters. Therefore, in yoga, the concept of sadhana or practice is extremely important. Sadhana or practice is basically regulating the senses so that one can go within. And these eight steps of yoga allows oneself to systematically go from concentration eventually to liberation.